Hare Krishna, Manoram Krishna Prabhu. Manoram Krishna Prabhu, I have a question for you. I, I took you off of mute. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, this is always a very bittersweet time because we know that Bhakti Chu Swami left at a very auspicious moment. And we had two weeks of every of praying all constantly and wishing, hoping he would stay, but contemplating on him. And then at the auspicious moment of, uh, in the morning of Sanatana Goswami's disappearance, <clears throat> he left us. So we understand this is Krishna's arrangement. Um, uh, it was reminding me very much of the story of Ajumil. The Yama Dutas and the Vishnu Dutas were debating, what do we do with this Ajumil? Obviously, it wasn't Yama Dutas and Vishnu Dutas debating what to do with um, Bhakti True Swami. But in my own mind, it was a debate. Bhakti True Swami saying, I should stay for my disciples and friends and I have service to do. And then uh, I'll share a vision. One devotee had this vision about an hour before he died or, and she was just meditating. A follower of Bhakti True Swami said, all of a sudden I saw the Goswami surrounding his bed. And you, know, you can take this for different ways, but you had that vision. And it, it hit me that that's what was going on. In one sense, Prabhupada was calling him, hey, I need you to be with Tamal Krishna, Maharaj, Bhakti Tirtha Swami, others. We need you elsewhere. And then, no, but we need you here. And this debate is going on as our love increases and increases. And of course, it was always fated that what would happen, and it happened. And that's the only reasonable explanation that I have of what really happened. And um, now, <clears throat> Bhakti Chu Swami picked up a book, um, maybe 1976-ish. Uh, he was uh, been to Germany studying chemistry and he came across a book, The Nectar of Devotion, his first book. Oddly enough, that was my first book. When I had heard a Harinam party in New York and was able to find where the devotees were, it took a long time to find them. But when I did, I asked for a book, and the first book they gave me was Nectar of Devotion. And of course, when I read Nectar of Devotion, I had no idea what I was reading, and I just totally bewildered. I said, this will give me enlightenment. It sure smelt good. It book smelt like an incense factory, but I couldn't figure out if I was reading it inside out or upside down. Nectar Devotion is a tough first book. Bhakti True Swami obviously came with great devotional credits. And as soon as he saw Nectar Devotion, he understood that was the truth and wanted to seek out Prabhupada, which if I remember correctly, he met him in Prayag, which is exactly where Rupa Goswami wrote Nectar Devotion. So there's a lot of mystical events going on. My own dealings with Bhakti True Swami, um, where we worked on a few projects together. And what I noticed is a few qualities that are just so unusual. 
he was a peacemaker. We have other peacemakers in the movement, but he was really into, we, we got to get along to serve Prabhupada. Second, he was an unusual combination of being very much a traditionalist and very much uh, into modernity. Modernity meaning what's practical to preach in the West, to, to talk, and while being a traditionalist himself. And in ISKCON, we often have disputes between, let's say, the liberal wing and conservative wing, and he bridged that really well. He was the consummate gentleman. And Bhakti True Swami epitomized a true gentleman. He brought up in a cultured Bengali society, and he was a gentleman in every regard in how he dealt with his god brothers, his guests, his friends, and even his detractors. He was always, uh, if you're going to be a successful presenter in this world, you will always have detractors. Prabhupada had his, we all have them. It's the nature of Kali Yuga. And he was a gentleman in every aspect of his dealings. And uh, two years ago, I was peacefully in Vrindavan um, trying to get a little taste of Vrindavan. Um, it was my best trip ever, lunch every day with Bourjan Prabhu. And then I got called to report to Ujjain, to a GBC meeting, to attend a GBC committee on a very controversial issue. And this was organized by Bhakti Charu Swami. So there I am off to Ujjain, kicking and screaming because I didn't want to leave Vrindavan, but I had to go. And I went to Ujjain and I was, I could not believe what a beautiful town what a beautiful facility. And Bhakti Chu Swami personally arranged that every one of the guests, GBC men and others, were well received, extremely comfortable, every little material detail taken care of so we can get down to business. And then it came down to the business of dealing with this controversy. I suspect that of all our wonderful GBC men, Krishna arranged that year that Bhakti True Swami be the chair, because I couldn't think of anyone else who could take such a highly controversial issue and deal with it with equanimity, absolute fairness, and a complete resolution of the issue. Uh, I sat there awestruck, and I got to sit. Uh, we had uh, dinner, several of us, in his uh, dining room with him, and. Uh, how he made us all feel comfortable and how we would walk around and there were parties who really disagreed. And he'd put his hands on their shoulders and everybody just melted. And we had uh, what could have been a fatricidal ward turned into a love fest all on the shoulders of Bhakti Charu Swami. So I have other things I could say, but our time may be very short because the ceremony may begin at 11. So I think we should hear from others now. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Well, I'd like to hear from Henry, because I don't know if devotees, I don't know if devotees know, but Henry uh, has so much association with Maharaj dating back decades and all over the world, not just India and America. And uh, 
I asked him to mine some of his um, memories and uh, so that he could speak to us today. So Henry, could you? Uh... Before you do that, I want to continue the introduction of my dear friend, Henry. Okay. Um, uh, 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 um, Henry's um, um, had until recently a little mini mansion near between the National Cathedral and the Vice President's house in Washington, D.C. And it was his family's uh, birth home. And he used that home when he took up very seriously devotional service. He used that home in devotional service. Yamuna lived there for well over a year, writing one of her famous books. Tama Krishnamaraj stayed there all the time. Um, I would stay there when visiting Washington. Uh, he was the hostess with the mostest in <laughs> regard. Uh, uh, was Staying at Henry's house was always a pleasure. My favorite part was just going on long walks with Henry to the gardens at the cathedral. And um, uh, Bhakti Chiru Swami was a frequent and wonderful guest there. And he said to me, uh, more than one time, how much he so enjoyed visiting Henry's house. So uh, um, this is, uh, Bhakti Chu Swami was the consummate gentleman and Henry uh, has always been the consummate host. So Henry, if we could hear from you. Thank you, thank you, Brahma Tirta. Um, let's see, um, I, um, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed because, you know, I'm really used to kind of doing things in the background and I'm not really expert at being a public speaker, but, um, and I'm very honored to be with this group. And um, so, I mean, for me, I, I first met uh, Maharaj in, um, in 1984 in the Australian farm of Mwilambar. It's a thousand acres so farm. Um, you know, near the coast in Australia. And um, I had gone, we were both there for the occasion of Bhavananda Goswami's Vyasa Puja was what it was. And um, so many of the Australians are just wonderful people. And um, so Bhakti Charuma Raj and I met at that time. And um, it was kind of one of those friendships where the, the minute we met, like it began like a two hour conversation where, um, like all of a sudden, you know, I found somebody that could talk about any different subject. I mean, like a Renaissance man, he could really talk. I wasn't much of a devotee then, really. I just happened to have been able to get into that scene. And, um, you know, but, but he could talk about any subject, you know, really on any, and be fascinating. And he was fun and delightful. And, and we had a great time right away. And we became friends immediately, you know, and, um, um, I, I guess I didn't realize what an exalted devotee he would become. But anyway, we became friends, and then we got to travel around Australia. Just the two of us went off together traveling around Australia to, to visit some of the smaller centers where, you know, he would take a very personal interest in the very, very young neophyte devotees and the young, struggling little um you know, uh, outpost preaching centers in Australia there. And, and that was uh, kind of the beginning of um, of our friendship, and then um, 
I think later later on, I think about 1985, he um, the next year that he wanted to come and stay at my house in Washington to uh, work on his translation of the um, of, of the books. I believe he was working on the Chaitanya Charitamrita to um, translate into modern Bengali, which was his um, service that had been given to him by Srila Prabhupada. And um, I... I was really happy to have have him come there. It was really fun. You know, he was a great cook, and um, I love good prasadam. And and pretty much when he was there, it was just us. And um, he would just only come out of his room for meals, and um, and then he cooked something amazing. And we'd have a meal, and then he'd go back in. And I think he was working many many hours a day. And he was he, he was thanking me for giving him a peaceful place to work. And um, then um, and, and 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 it was it felt really good and he was just like a friend and he was so personal and he asked questions about my family he he got to meet my father and my brother and my sister and my nephews and uh, treated everybody everybody loved him everybody thought he was great and then um, I think then later on um, you know he came and we decided to do a road trip and um, we went to visit Gita Nagri Farm which in 1986 that was a really really thriving. Farm. Um, uh, and uh, we, you know, of course, the devotees were very happy to have him there, and that was really exciting for me to see this rural project and kind of see what was going on there. And then, and then we went from there. We went to the Philadelphia Temple because he was very good friends with Ravindra Sarup. And um, we, you know, um, th that temple was so booming. The Philadelphia Temple was so booming in 1986. There was practically no place for us to stay. So um, I, I slept on the floor of R Ravindra Sarup's office between Ravindra Sarup and Bhakti Charu Maharaj. <laughs> and uh, that, was, that was pretty fun, you know. That was a pretty fun slumber party. And... Uh, um, it's so it's just, he, was, he just treated me like a friend, like an equal, you know, he, um, and uh, even though I wasn't anywhere near equal to him, um, he, he treated me with so much friendship and kindness. And, um, then, um, later on, um, you know, in 1987, there became problems and some of the leading GBC and gurus left and all of a sudden he was kind of thrust into a um, he was he was an emergency and he was called to be on the GBC and do um, and, and do things and he was really good at saving projects you know they wanted to send him to save projects because that's what he could do some project where it was completely falling apart they'd run out of money and all the devotees were fighting. We know, I think New Mayapur was one of them in France. There was a beautiful castle there. And um, we went there. That was later. And that was one of the places. And um, I think South Africa, they asked him to go to, which was a difficult place. And, um, um, but, you know, of course, he always paid special attention to devotees and anyone that came up and uh, talked to him and, uh, and particularly his god brothers and god sisters. He wanted to make sure that they were recognized and appreciated for what they did. And uh, so uh, that, I guess that's my opening statement. <laughs> um, thank you very much. for. Um, is, if, there, if you have any questions, I'll be glad to answer. Well, we'll, we'll continue, Henry, but uh, I'll say a few things and then Manaram Krishna Prabhu. And just a, one thing that maybe most people don't know is the, the building, the, the building where the GBC meets on top of the uh, Conch building in Mayapur was 
just one day Bhakti Chumaraj was inspired. They were we, we, the previous meeting room was just not at all appropriate for uh, for having a meeting. It was just terrible. So he just one day, you know, got the funds together, built that extra floor, got the tables, got the chairs, and he really wanted to serve the leader, his god brothers. Um, and he just did that into his own inspiration. Uh, and he was always like that. He was all, he was just, so my first time I really started getting his association was in uh, 1991, 1990 or 1991. I was the uh, uh, manager at the Vrindavan Institute for Higher Education. And we asked Maharaj to teach a course on cooking. So, uh, and so he teach a course on cooking and, and he kept, every day he would bring me the ingredients and I, you know, I had just moved to India maybe two years ago. I, you know, I, I knew what, you know, cumin was and maybe, you know, turmeric. And that was about it. And I had to go down to all these things. And he was, he was just so gracious the way he was teaching the class and, um, and taught, of course, Prabhupada himself guided him in his cooking. Um, so he, he got that uh, association. And he also, in his own right, uh, was a great cook. So it was just so nice that I got to uh, serve him every day for that month. You know, he would give me a list. I would go out shopping. He would thank me. And he was, even when I messed up, you know, and I got like the wrong ingredient, <laughs> he was so gracious about it that it was, uh, it was embarrassing how, how gracious he was. And speaking of which, one of his, so Brahmatirtha Prabhu was talking about how he had this amazing balance of, uh, tradition and modernity and one of his favorite dishes to cook was pizza and he used to love making pizza for the devotees and he was the first one who brought a pizza making machine to Mayapur I remember when I saw it I was like what really <laughs> but he just um, and what's interesting is the other devotee who loved making pizza for the devotees another one devotee who passed away in recent times uh, his, his holiness Kunagrahi Maharaj would also just so both of them just loved making pizza for the the devotees and, and, and yeah this machine and and then the other thing he would do is you know he he had very nice quarters um, in Mayapur and it has a uh, a foyer a foyer and in the foyer you could probably sit about twenty devotees and somehow or other I was fortunate enough often to get invited for lunch with the other eighteen or twenty devotees. And he just followed all the Paka Vaishnava etiquette that, 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 you know, sannyasis do. And he, he wouldn't eat. He would make sure all the devotees were served. It was always like one of these, I'm sure many of us, hopefully some of us have had that experience of like the 20 plus preparations, um, all Bengali cooking. Uh, our Manaram Krishna is the expert at this. And I've seen him actually cook for his Gumaraj, and I was fortunate enough to be with him. And he had just one sabji after another, after another, you know, in small, small quantities and so tasty. And, and Maharaj would make sure, and it's, it, like if, uh, if I needed another, you know, chapati or something, he would, he would call one of his sons, quickly, bring him a chapati. He's not, he's not his chapati yet. You know, it's like so absorbed in trying to uh, make sure the, the devotees were satisfied taking prasadam. And he'd say kind words and he'd go around to all of us all the time. He wasn't taking prasadam. He wasn't eating. He was only serving the, the other devotees. And it was, it was like, <laughs> I, 
I guess I would boast to some friends, I got invited to Bhakti Jumaraj for lunch today, you know, because I knew how it wasn't just lunch, it was a whole experience of uh, Vaishnava Sadachar. Um, and it, it was, yeah, it was just, uh, it was just wonderful. And in his last, at least the last two visits that I remember, uh, what year, Henry, was it last time he stayed at your house? Would that have been about 2015? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, okay. So 2015, he called for me, and I came. That, that, this was the year he was the chairman of the GBC. And then also um, when Manaram Krishna Prabhu cooked for us, which I guess was last year, and I took prasadam with him in Chaitanya Nitai Prabhu's office at the temple. And in both of those situations, he was super encouraging me in my service of, uh, of conflict resolution. As Brahmatirtha Prabhu said, he was a peacemaker. And he was, he was just, uh, when he was the chairman and at, at Henry's house, and then later as a chairman, he said, I'm going to be using your services a lot this year, Praja Bihari. Uh, you know, I want to, uh, uh, Prabhupada told me that we have to cooperate if we show, to show our love for him, we have to cooperate. And there, there's always differences, and I really want to highlight your services. And then this time last year when he came, he uh, he again said the same thing, the same quote that Prabhupada told him, and he was really just so encouraging. Please train the devotees in conflict resolution and getting along with each other. Whatever small differences we have, those are just that's just the diversity. But we need we need the unity. And then the last thing I'll say before I go to Manoram Krishna Prabhu is that um, he, he came, I guess it was that, maybe this is Manoram Prabhu, this was about a year and a half ago when he came for uh, Rupanuga Prabhu's daughter's engagement, or maybe two years ago, something like that. Uh, yeah, you're on mute, but uh, yeah. Um, and so, I, I got, again, I got the fortune of sitting next to him at Prashadam. And so we were talking about different things, and I really wanted to introduce him to our uh, um, our resident saint. We have a few resident saints. We have a number of resident saints in in, in Iskand of DC, but one of them, near the top of the list is Madhvacharya Prabhu, a disciple of, uh, of Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj. Uh, and I so I brought Madhvacharya over, and I said, Maharaj, is this is Madhvacharya Prabhu? He's a he's an anesthesiologist and one of Maharaj's leading disciples, Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj's leading disciples, and he's he's such a humble soul. And so at that time, Maharaj was so eager to meet him, and he said, I really need to serve Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj. And he said, how can I, I have to come visit the institute. That's where uh, the devotees of Bhakti, Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj's program that he started years ago. And, and Maharaj was looking at his calendar and trying to find time, but he was so determined to serve Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj by uh, serving his disciples. And he, he just kept, you know, and then finally, so uh, then he made a date, and it was like two days before Janmastami, and finally he said, he, well, he couldn't make that, but he was so determined, he made another date. And he came to D.C. just to, to do that, to fulfill that promise, to serve his godbrother, his dear godbrother, by serving his godbrother's disciples. So he was always in this mood of service. So nice. Yeah. Uh, before we go to Manaram, can uh, BT or uh, Brahmatirtha Brew or Henry, anything that I said that sparked uh, inspiration in you? Or, or the Henry? Or the Henry? 
You know, I was just looking at the last time he came to Washington was October 4th, 2019. That's when he came to stay with the devotees of, you know, and, 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 with the Bhakti Tirta Swami devotees. Nice. So I nice. came up at the airport, you know, at, at, at that time. And uh, that was really special. It was a really special visit. And, you know, he had so many things around the world that he was, so many people were begging him to come, but he was really focused on serving those Bhakti Tirta Swami disciples. Oh, and that reminds me of what you're saying, Henry. He, uh, so one time, um, I don't know if you, some, how many devotees have been to Bhaktivedanta Manor, but there's a place where the devotees take prasadam and there's the, um, the same room is, well, at least during feast, and the same room where they have the reception. It's quite a big room. It's about the size of our temple room. And it took Maharaj two hours to walk from one end of the temple of that room to the other. Because every inch, somebody else wanted to touch his feet or talk to him or get his blessings. <laughs> and I was supposed to meet with him, and I was like, okay, Lee can go, Maharaj. And he was just so gracious. And it literally took two hours to go, like, I don't know, uh, 20 feet. <laughs> you know, so many devotees were eager to talk to him. Brahmatir, to anything beside, before we go to Manaram Krishna Prabhu? No, uh, Manaram Krishna, please. Okay, go ahead, Manaram Krishna Prabhu. And by the way, so Manoram Krishnabhu is another one of our resident saints here in Washington, D.C. For those who don't know him, he does a lot of the pujari work and a lot of the preaching. Um, and he's from, he's from the Holy Dham of uh, Mayapur. And he's an amazing cook and has a wonderful uh, wife and daughter. We're great devotees as well. And uh, we're so glad that he, uh, at this very difficult time for a disciple, a senior disciple like him, that he's taking the time to be with us. Thank you so much, Bhajbihari Prabhu, for your introduction. Eventually, I'm not that great. Thanks. Just a little louder. Just a little louder, Manaram. Namo Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Pishtaya Bhutale Shri Mati Bhakti Charu Swami Nitinamini Namasnigdha Cheta Shukranita Vagminan Charashap Lutam Prabhupada Gatopana Nomi Bhakti Charupadam. I can hear me properly, Prabhu? Yes. Okay, so as uh, I know, uh, I'm not that uh, lucky that you know you all of you, the great soul, uh, who have most of the time a long time with uh, my Guru Maharaj. First of all, uh, I would really uh, very thankful to all all the devotees, uh, all of you, uh, Henry Prabhu, uh, who always you know when Guru Maharaj come here stay with him and uh, I got some opportunity to go his house and serve him. Uh, it was uh, very, very nice, very, very honored. Uh, I would have want to share some uh, pastimes with uh, spiritual master and disciple, a little uh, different than the topic is going on. Uh, Srila Guru Maharaj, the very uh, first things I learned from him, he always uh, used to say, how much you love me? That will prove that how much you are loving my God brothers. So how much you serve me? If you don't do more than that service to my God brothers, then I would feel that you are not serving me properly. If you make my God brothers are happy, I'll be happy more than anything. So be always serve to the devotees to make me happy. So I will always try to do that all our uh, Prabhupada disciples, Sannashis, 
all our senior uh, devotees to serve them to make our spiritual masters happy and also he always is to say that there is so many things will come but you know what any circumstances never leave this moment never leave this calm so the prabhupada is gone <clears throat> is a huge boat and when this boat traveling in a ocean the wave of oceans sometimes the boat will be like almost goes to the water don't jump it you will be protected because the driver of that boat are shila prabhupad so shila prabhupad will protect you so that's why never jump it so don't leave iskon talking about the punctuality i remember the guru maharaj whenever he come to mayapur from his preaching uh in during 97 98 99 we are in mayapur and whenever guru maharaj come uh we maximum time we try to you know get the time with guru maharaj but he was busy with his zbs uh, work his translation books in the meantime also he gave a lecture constantly he come for a arti come for mangala arti and also a uh, guru pujas shila prabhupad guru puja and then one one times that guru maharaj he have a basha puja in mayapur it is in 1999 he was present there so after the basha puja in the evening 4 o'clock we have a uh, discussion glorification of gurus and when uh, the time was a 4:30 pm after first all the devotees actually came back to their residence by 3:30 3:45 guru maharaj also came from the kitchen he was also serving himself so this is the one things is like guru maharaj love to feed devotees uh, wherever it doesn't matter even in disciple when is like usar uh, prashadam guru maharaj then after guru maharaj eat then guru maharaj come and serve all the disciple who are serving him and his god brothers and he serve himself he said okay you have to eat more yes. why are you eating less <laughs> that's what he would do <laughs> why are you eating less okay bring that sweet okay you need to eat this sweet hey, try this this is so good you know so he loved to feed the devotees and personally <laughs> he go to the kitchen find out uh, the cooking is going particular way so when he came back to his residence in 884 number rooms in conch building upper floor all you know then he came to his residence at 345 so we was decided to take shower very quickly in grumaz's room we have two other bathroom for servant so we take bath we ready and at set time at 425 grumaz come out from his room i said okay let's go to our gbc conference hall that evening program was there in gbc conference hall so when we went there then we saw only 20 devotee came <laughs> in a stand up 400 devotee immediately guru maharaj was so angry and guru maharaj came down in his room and he called us there is a, a four devotee from uh, the dashapuja committee he called us and he chastised more than anything and he was saying you know what kind of management you are doing the devotee doesn't come on time shila prabhupad never going to be happy, happy with this kind of devotee and i am not happy with this kind of my disciple doesn't follow the time for 30 minutes the disciple should be there at 420 why is only 20 devotees are there what are you guys doing what kind of you know 
Tracy, you guys doing with your, you know, your god brother, god sister. You guys have to give a lesson to them. He was so angry, he entered to his quarter and he locked the door from inside. We were just crying. Then devotees was, came 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock is like full of the devotees there. But Guru Maharaj doesn't come up. So all devotees came down to Guru Maharaj's room. Yeah, he so wasn't into, room. he wasn't into, uh, you know, Indian stretchable time. You know, <laughs> we everyone, don't go. Everyone comes late, no problem, no yeah. problem. Bagme, Bagme. He was like, yeah. Paka, right on time, Pakka. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he is not the IST standard person. Right. So then six o'clock devotees came says like twenty percent devotee fill in his room and all devotees like whole conch building lawn was completely packed. Was requesting Guru Maharaj, Guru Maharaj, please uh devotees are here waiting for you. So uh, then one of our very senior god brothers who went there and asking for apologized and praying to Guru Maharaj, then he came out and he gave 40-minute lecture about the punctuality, <laughs> the time, how much important, there is no glorification, just about punctualities. And by that, from the next, the devotee never even let a minute. They come always 10 minutes before the scheduled <laughs> time for the any classes or any programs. Very good. And then how lovely father he is. He knows that, you know, he was... Uh, chastising us and we are not there. Actually, Guru Maharaj came out and gave a lecture. We are not there. We are in the other room. We are crying constantly. Because we couldn't serve properly Guru Maharaj. That's so, you know, for us, is Guru Maharaj, you know, got unhappy. So then Guru Maharaj called where they are. Then one devotee said they are in that room. They called them. Then in front of everyone, Guru Maharaj said, you know, I was a little rude on you guys, right? But if I don't chastise, who going to be teach you? <laughs> How are you guys going to be learn? I said, you know, I got the same chastisement from Prabhupada. Then Guru Maharaj mentioned one story. There's one time in Mayapur, uh, Guru Maharaj in kitchen, Prabhupada ring the bell. Guru Maharaj came, Prabhupada said, can you make an orange juice and bring it? I said, okay, Prabhupada. He went to kitchen. He's making orange juice. Again, Prabhupada make a ring. The orange juice is not ready. He went back. I said, how did it take? I told you to bring lemon juice. <laughs> <laughs> he was making orange juice. Now Prabhupada said, I will bring lemon juice. He went to the kitchen. Now he's finding out what is the lemon or. And at that time, it's like not available items are available. So it was take a little time to find out. And when he find out, he went to cut the lemon and squeeze it. He got the multiple times the noise of that <laughs> ring. Prabhupada was ringing. He ran there without juice. He said, what happened? He said, it's like Prabhupada, like from outside of the room, Guru Maharaj can hear the anger of Srila Prabhupada. You know, it's like so deep sound was coming. <laughs> when he opened the door and Prabhupada so angrily said, how long is it take to make a lemon juice? Are you making the lemon juice? Are you going to the market to buy lemon and make a lemon juice? <laughs> he said, Prabhupada, I'm just found the lemon, tried to make it the lemon juice. Okay, you don't have to do the lemon juice. Go, go, I don't want to see you. Go, go, go. So he went back and he was crying. Then seven o'clock, Guru Maharaj was serving to Srila Prabhupada, giving his dinner. And that time, Guru Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada, in front of all the devotees, are saying, look this Bhakti Charu. 
I don't know, you know, whom I can chastise that much. How much I chastise him? He's a great soul. He's feeding me very nicely. He translating my books in Bengali. I don't know how I will pay off his loan. How I will pay off his lien? Guru Maharaj was saying, you know, that's kind of chastise the Prabhupada used to do, and sometimes Prabhupada used to love. But I was not ready to hear from Srila Prabhupada in this kind of word that Srila Prabhupada was glorifying me. So I got even more painful when Srila Prabhupada are glorifying me than chastise. So I got even less pain when my spiritual master are chastising, but I got a more painful when my spiritual master are glorifying me. Nice. So that's the things he was mentioning about. That's how the disciples and all the devotees of his movement have to follow the punctualities. Yeah. Manarampu, uh, yes. I was thinking of another thing, and maybe we can, um, you can comment on this, or Brahmatirtha or Henry. I was thinking of a time uh, we were having um, some kind of entertainment in Mayapur in the Samadhi Auditorium. And so it was uh, myself and uh, Kalakanta Prabhu. And we were uh, taking songs that were kind of familiar, uh, popular in, in the West and using Krishna conscious lyrics. And people were really enjoying and, you know, a lot of applause. But then there was one song, and Maharaj Bhakti Chumaraj was in the audience with all, most of the GBCs and, and everything. And, uh, but there was one song that made some basically indirect criticism of a, a, of a devotee in ISKCON who was not in good standing, who was actually, you know, criticizing ISKCONs. Um, and so we thought it was okay to, you know, sing that song. So Maharaj came up to us afterwards. And Kalakantabu is his godbrother, right? You know, he's uh, the, the president of the temple in Gainesville, uh, Florida now. And Mara said, this is very sweet, very nice. But, Prabhus, we never, ever criticize devotees. I don't care if they're in our camp, not in our camp. We never criticize devotees. You, should, you know, and, and he, was, he wasn't chastising. He was because, you know, Kalakanta is his godbrother. But he was begging that, you know, please, please, you know, please don't do this. This is not the way Prabhupada taught us. And, 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 you know, other devotees were kind of like enjoying it and thought it was kind of, you know, okay, because it was at the expense of someone who was being, you know, offensive himself. But he, he took his time afterwards to come up to us and, uh, and correct us. And I still remember that. Yeah. Yes, um, I had the experience with him on this, that um, there was a <clears throat> one disciple of his had stolen a lot of money from him, from Bhaktivedanta Swami. And in my work with this gun resolve, I was trying to figure out what was going on. And um, the one disciple, and so I was talking to Maharaj, and, you know, and what a rascal, he stole money from you. I mean, it, it, in a very devious way, I might add. Uh, a very, very, uh, <clears throat> you know, I give him a, a clever point for how he did it, but it was very devious. And Maharaj said, then Maharaj turned, I would have been devastated by this. And Maharaj said, well, 
he's still trying to chant Hare Krishna. He had a, a liberal attitude towards him, which to this day, I would still be a big challenge for me. Uh, I, I want to continue on that. Uh, Bhakti Chuswami told me in orange, another orange juice story when Prabhupada rang the bell and asked him for orange juice. And in India, that takes a long time. You don't open the fridge and take out some Tropicana as we do here. So when he brought it, Prabhupada said, you took too long, I don't want it anymore. And Bhakti Swami, as we all know, extremely sensitive person. So he walked away quite forlorn about it. Later on, Prabhupada rang the bell and he said, oh, don't worry, old men get grouchy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you told me that story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when he told me that, it was such a sweet story. And I've heard that from another servant, had a very similar encounter with the same story. Wow, nice. Uh, Manoram or Henry, any remembrances of that, how careful Maharaj was about committing offenses? I'll, I'll add to that one thing. Maybe some of you have seen the video. So, yes, he was so careful about not committing offenses. At the same time, when, when he had to be Kshatriya-like, he could be, even though he's such a Pukka Brahmana. And the, 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 the main example that comes to my mind was, uh, this was in recent times when there were some problems with the New York temple and the ISKCON GBC kind of had to take over the temple again. He, you know, he came in there and pretty much, you know, took the microphone away from the person who was no and announced that so-and-so is no longer the temple president and the GBC is overseeing this. And he just, in the middle of uh, this other person, uh, this, the person who was removed, this temple president, he, he just started a kirtan and was just like um, fire when it came to protecting Prabhupada's name and Prabhupada's um, properties. So that, that combination of always avoiding offenses, but being willing to act like fire when necessary in Krishna's service. Yeah, uh, Prabhuji, uh, in, in India, Guru Maharaj always uh, tried to, you know, we always have some problem with Gorya Mart, and uh, Gorya Marts always have, you know, not a good relationship with ISKCON, uh, long days. The Bhakti Swami Guru Maharaj, whom they can trust, and they always said, okay, if Bhakti Charu Maharaj come, and Bhakti Charu Maharaj invite us, then we'll do program together. If he didn't come, we're not doing program together. It's a birthday of Bhakti Vinod Thakur and birthday of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. These two programs normally is going to try to do together with Gauriya Mat. Uh, but one time Guru Maharaj was unable to go and they didn't. They make individual programs. It's going to have to make a small program and inside. We used to have a large program in Bhakti Vinod Thakur house. All devotees goes from Gauriya Mat. So whenever we go to uh, Goryamat for the darshan, birthplace. The old Sanash is, you know, uh, Acharya uh, there. So when they see the devotees going, by seeing their face, Mara said, oh, you're a disciple of Bhakti Charu, right? <laughs> well, you know, how, how do you understand that? He said, in our Gorya Vaishnavas, as uh, I was listening, Brahmatita Prabhu uh, mentioning, gentleman. So the gentleman said, is the person whose face and whose character match together. 
you know, because sometimes the pace and character doesn't match together. You can see very beautiful feature, but the words come out like Oops, are we losing you? Whatever he, so whenever he goes, whatever he makes with the devotees, as a, a Henry Prabhu saying in '84, when he first meet, and soon as they meet, immediately they become friends. So I also, uh, do we have some time, Prabhu? We have some time. Okay. Where what are you? I remember, Prabhu was like how much he have, even he is a sannyasi. The same times. How much compassionate he is, not only for our society, how much compassionate for his the other place to protect the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastime areas. You might be visit the place of Sharanga Murari and Mukunda Datta's uh, Bhajan Kutir is a uh, Mamgachi. So there is one old Pujari used to live, but he just passed away. So that old Pujari was surviving very badly because you know not only spawn devotee goes sometimes they give some dakshina sometimes they don't and uh, then guru maharaj went for visiting and guru maharaj saw in you know around is like a dirt a part was falling down so guru maharaj tells to the maharaj you know babaji that's uh, prabhu you come and see me in mayapur so after five days he came to see guru maharaj in mayapur then when he came uh, guru maharaj was in quarter he was in meet, a meeting with him a MAC with Mayapur Administration Council. And after meeting, we informed Guru Maharaj that he came. Then Guru Maharaj said, okay, uh, send him to my room. Then Guru Maharaj asking about the problem of that place. What problem you have? Uh, you know, how can we help you to protect that place and we can serve you as a pure Vaishnava? Then after meeting, Guru Maharaj told us, uh, arrange 3,000 rupees for that temple every month before 30 the money should be go to there so then they can you know manage that temple so so many places he have that compassion and everyone knows there is any problems there is all uh, Prabhupada god means proper disciple girastas in bengali they having some issues financially uh, just guru Maharaj see in the temple and see them by seeing their face guru Maharaj said come and meet me in my quarter Achha. they went after Guru Maharaj having conversation, then Guru Maharaj ring the bell and called to his secretary and said, uh, tell uh, to my accountant, give him 2000 rupees per month. Uh -huh. This is like, you know, how compassionate to protect and he want to protect the mission of Srila Prabhupada. At the same time, he want to teach us how we should compassion to the other devotee to serve. So he really nice. learn those things from my spiritual master, Srishmad Bhakti Charusani Guru Maharaj. How nice, Prabhu. Thank you. Um, I'm also just noticing we have um, a number of senior, well, I don't want to miss anyone. We have a number of senior devotees on the call, Yadunath Prabhu and Kalachanji Prabhu and uh, Nanda Vrindavan Devi. And um, if anyone else would like to, you know, go off of mute <coughs> by Hari Prabhu, um, please, you know, feel, feel free to. And, uh, you had some associated Jeevita uh, uh, Prabhu. So, you know, if you have that uh, inspiration, please do. In the meantime, I'll tell you um, another incident. This is quite recent. I guess this would have been, uh, gosh, would it have been January of this year? 
I think it was January of this year, maybe Feb, maybe, yeah, January of this year. So we had a committee of ISKCON leaders that were meeting with um, a group of devotees headed by Madhu Pandit Prabhu, who, um, you know, have started as a break-off um, from ISKCON. And there's been, you know, decades of friction. And so I was asked to facilitate, you know, the, the dialogue between the two. And uh, Bhakti Chu Maharaj, Gopal Krishna Maharaj, Dakotaka Maharaj, Bhakti Vaibhav Maharaj, Anutama Prabhu uh, were there representing uh, ISKCON. And then uh, there were four devotees from the uh, Bangalore Temple. And, and so one thing I noticed, Bhakti Chu Maharaj was very, what's the word when, you, uh, when you're aware of how other people sometimes think of you? you know, had this self-awareness. He said, I know some people think that I'm like a Ritvik. He said that. And meaning, but he said, that's not the case. The point is, though, that I think we always have to keep Srila Prabhupada in the center of ISKCON for as long as ISKCON exists. But just the fact that he, when he said that in a, in a meeting that had Ritviks in it, um, it was such a kind of mood of, uh, I, I, it really struck me how he had that, that self-awareness to, to bring that up and to just like put it out there on the table. It, you know, kind of like we sometimes do this in conflict resolution. We, you know, we, we just say the elephant in the room, so to speak. And so he just put it out there. Some of you may think like this. <laughs> and then he explained, you know, his real, um, his real motivation for uh, speaking the way he does about how important it is to keep Prabhupada in, in the center of things. Um, that was very recent, uh, just a few months ago, um, when we were together in Delhi. Yeah, very nice. Uh, others, anyone who'd like to speak? And of course, we go back to Brahmatirtha Prabhu and Henry and Manoram Krishna Prabhus. Um, we have a few more minutes. I think uh, Manoram Prabhu, they, they're going to broadcast the final rites at a quarter to 12, right? Yes, Prabhu, that's I got message, yeah. 11.45. Yeah, so I'll put that link in the chat. In, um, or anyone, if anyone could do that, maybe Jiva Tattva Prabhu, he's been so good at that. If he has that link, uh, if he doesn't, if someone does, they put it in the chat. And uh, we'll definitely want to uh, respect Maharaj by going on that link and uh, being there for the uh, final rites. And for those who don't know, uh, the plan is um, it'll take some time because of, red tape in India, but we'll, Maharaj's body will be brought to Mayapur where there's a, a Samadhi um, area just kind of in the shade of Prabhupada's Samadhi, you could say, just to the side there. And uh, oh, it looks like Manoram Prabhu has uh, put that here. Uh, and so he, his body will be laid to rest there in a Pushpa Samadhi will be created. A Pushpa Samadhi is like a flower from that was on his body, um, and that will be in Pujain. Um, uh, uh, let, let's hear from Kalachanji now. Yeah, Kalachanji, could you? Hare Krishna, my obeisances to you all. Um, just very quickly, uh, we were fortunate to have Maharaj's association uh, since the mid-90s, I would say. And more recently, um, I was you know, so fortunate to work with him on his memoir book. Hmm. And um, that really brought us much closer. But I guess 
mostly I wanted to mention about his humility that um, I've worked also with other authors, but he's the only author of a memoir who did not want to appear in his own memoir. <laughs> Any mention of him, he, he wanted to, to soften it, to lessen, to lessen his presence. Um, as far as he was concerned, it was uh, entirely a, a tribute to Srila Prabhupada and that his entire life, um, the only purpose in telling anything about his life was to glorify Srila Prabhupada. Um, that for some time, he resisted. Um, the, the, the book began when he met Srila Prabhupada. And I said to him, well, you know, everybody would like to hear more about you also and your life and your upbringing and how you came to Christian consciousness. And he was like, oh, no, that's not so important. Um, and I guess my only means of convincing him was that by showing uh, his path, he would actually be glorifying Srila Prabhupada um, and to say how far he, he went. And then um, he told some stories about um, when he was very young and going to Europe and, you know, his whole early stories. And that became the first chapter or two of the book. Um, and I think it, it's, you know, very, very beautifully told and really gives us some insight um, to him. I would encourage anybody to see it. Um, to read it. Um, a, a few episodes really stand out for me in there. Um, one was his relationship with um, Tamal Krishna Goswami. And for those who don't know, Kalach Sanjeev Prabhu is the blood brother of Tamal Krishna Maharaj and a wonderful Vaishnav in his own right. Please continue, Kalach Sanjeev. Jai, you've undermined your, your credibility a little bit there, but thank you. Um, that... Um, he was so so thrilled that he said when, when he met um, Tamal Krishna Goswami, yeah, he was really in awe of him. And even as they became closer, um, he, he maintained that, that feeling of respect. I was first to bring them together, um, to room them together. And that became their, their regular um, pattern that they would, they would room together um, when, when they were in the same place. And one time he tells the story how there was some question where, he, where um, Maharaj would stay, and immediately Tamal Krishna interrupted, said, staying with me, like always. You know, um, <laughs> that was just a symptom. I, I think one of the most beautiful um, moments in the book is when Maharaj was um, helping to prepare Srila Prabhupada Samadhi, and he was, he was down in the pit. And when all the preparation had been done and they were ready for the next stage um, to fill it, um, he was down there at the bottom and he did not want to leave. His feeling was that um, he was ready to enter into Samadhi with his um, And the way he puts it is that he was, um, he and Tamal Krishna, Goswami were, were so very close. He said, um, Tamal Krishna looked down into the pit and he knew my mind. And he grabbed my hand and pulled me out of there. And it was only, only by force that he actually w was pulled out of, um, out of the samadhi pit. But it was um, so wonderful to, to have any experiences with, with Maharaj. And we already um, are missing him so much, but, but relishing all the glorification of him um, that is going on. Uh, someone spoke also um, about you know his care for devotees. 
being properly treated and properly cared for. Um, the, we, we saw him in Chicago one time. He was giving a seminar, and, and my wife and I, I think, with our children, um, went to, to see him there. And in the middle of the seminar, he had the feeling that at this temple, they were not really um, welcoming um, outside devotees um, so, so well, um, not, not giving them enough attention or not giving us enough attention if we were there. And he, in the middle of the seminar, he stopped and also gave a lecture similar to the punctuality lecture about uh, Vaishnava etiquette. And what is the proper way to receive gifts, um, to receive guests, excuse me. And he, he really spoke very strongly um, how they should receive us. And it was not something so personal to, to me or my family. It was, it was more just what is the proper way to receive um, devotees. But thank you very much. Any more? I mean, Kalachandra, you've probably gone for hours. Uh, do you want to give us a little more nectar? <laughs> um. Oh well, yeah. He he also you know he he um, part of the etiquette. He was um, he loved to to give gifts, um, and he, he would surprise devotees sometimes with gifts. Um, and one time he he sent my my wife and daughters a whole of um, like small collection of maha yes of of of, of jewelry um, for them. Um, just in the middle of nowhere, he said that you know he was thinking of us, and he he found that this would be a way to um, please the the ladies of the family and also to draw our children um, into Christian consciousness. He oh, was nice. with the book. I mean, it is really um, his humility more than anything is what what stood out for me. And I think if you read that book, you you hear. Um, his voice so strongly, um, that combination of, as everybody's saying, it's so personal, but also has the, that, I would not call it a formality, but a, 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 like a, a, the gentleman, the, you know, the gentleman, the quality of the gentleman that, that you mentioned. Um, so th there is sort of like this, this proper, this formality with the personal feeling and just this exuding of, of love. Um, and on top of it all is his love for Srila Prabhupada. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Prabhu. Thank you. Um, uh, I, I'd wanted to see if Yadunath Prabhu wanted to say something or uh, anyone else, Bayahari Prabhu, um, or anything more inspiration from you, Henry, or Manaram, or Brahmatirta Prabhus? Hare Krishna. Yes, Yadunath Prabhu. Um, thank you for the opportunity. I'm going to say a couple of things. Um, one when uh when you were, who was it telling the um oh you you were telling the uh, the story about the rick rick thing. yeah yes yeah, the self-awareness um uh it's, it's very interesting it made me smile because uh I, I remember having thought like oh there's this aspect here it seems um of the mirage uh he obviously wasn't but there was that aspect i remember and i was very moved um when I got initiated, he told me, he said, uh, I cannot take you to Krishna. What I can do for you is I can take you to the lotus feet of Srila Prabhupada. And that's what he always made very clear to his disciples, that he was this conduit, nothing more in his eyes. And he would take us to Prabhupada 
and Prabhupada would take us where we need to go. Mm. Um, I was very impressed by that. And also, you brought up um, his Chetria spirit in regards to New York. Nice. I also remember that I, I remember phase one, uh, whereas you talked about phase two. Okay. So I'll just very briefly mention, because this also really impressed me. You know, there have been problems in New York for a long time. Um, but, but everybody had the attitude of like, what can you do? What can you do? And perhaps that was the case. Um, and this issue just started to snowball more and more. And there was a town hall meeting, which many of you. Oh, know. yeah, the famous town hall meeting. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, in, in Brooklyn. And um, uh, Shesha Prabhu ran, ran it. And um, they had different aspects to it. The final aspect was uh, having people speak from the audience. So there was, a, there was a microphone on one side and an aisle of people speaking, going up the aisle, asking questions. And Shesha Prabhu was, was really expert at only dealing with questions, um, only entertaining questions that dealt with the issue. Because a lot of devotees had the tendency to kind of go off into a detours of, getting things off their chest and what have you. He wouldn't have it. He did a great job. Um, So as it was winding down, there were a few people left. I remember seeing this this devotee, and I know her. um, I was watching her, and she seemed very anxious that she wanted to get to the microphone. But there was a time issue. So there were three people left, and one person finished, then the next person, and Shesha said, you're going to have to be the last question. (laughs) And I could see the disappointment on this devotee's face and like, I'm not gonna be able to speak. Um, and she kind of meandered back up the aisle. She didn't actually leave the aisle and go back to sitting down, but she just leaned against the wall and was listening. And this devotee who was at the microphone spoke and Shesha Prabhu cut him off and said, I'm sorry, Prabhu, whatever he said, I'm sorry. Um, this is not what we're talking about today. So he dismissed him. He said, okay, so come forward, who's next? So she actually got the opportunity to speak. So she spoke for a few minutes, telling her plight how she was banned from the temple for disagreeing with the management on this issue. And that she knows other people who were also banned. And, um, and there were some, there were some, there was some smattered applause, you know, recognizing the truth of what she was saying. And she finished her whole thing. And, um, my Guru Maharaj, uh, he, he, he looked very, very grave listening to her the whole time I was watching him. And when she finished, he said, okay, no one should ever be banned from a temple. He said, I will take care of this. And there was applause. And he said, and I will not take care of this as a sannyasi or a guru. I will take care of this as chairman of the GBC. And then the place erupted. And it was just like, he would not back down, as you were saying. He he would not back down. He would not settle for what is not right. He showed his fangs and was willing to bite when necessary. And that was not his default position. <laughs> his default position is what everybody's been talking about the past couple of days and longer: the gentleness, the the sweetness. Um, but he was capable of doing anything to protect Srila Prabhupada and Srila Prabhupada's property. And the devotees, of course. So Thank you, Yadana Prabhu. We're very, 
very honored that you've joined us today. No, not at all. Thank you. Is there any anything else you'd like to say at this time? Um, um, I could tell my, I mean, there are stories I could tell. I don't know if, if anyone on Badahari Prabhu or anybody else, anybody senior would like to say something. Um, well, Jiva Tafru wrote me a private message saying he'd like to try, because we only have like four more minutes before we... Uh, Please, I would prefer that. Thank you. So, but again, Yadunafru and Kala Chandibu and Ramatirta Prabhu, uh, you know, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. It's uh, Manaram Krishna Prabhu, and of course Henry joins us every week. This is a for those who don't know, this is our normal time that we have the Bhakti Vai Baba class coming through the Bhagavatam. Um, but uh, so Jiva Tapu, please don't you don't have much time, but please go ahead. Hare Krishna Prabhu, Hare Krishna everyone, uh, and it was very nice to hear from uh, His Grace Kalachanji Prabhu because as I was reading the book. He edited it, Ocean of Mercy. So I was really surprised that uh, you are here. So thank you very much. Dhanwath to everyone. Uh, when Maharaj was here in, uh, you know, visiting our Washington DC temple, uh, at that time uh, I was going for my deity worship and Manuram Prabhu was, uh, you know, very, uh, you know, helping in the manner that he, you know, encouraged me to get because I expressed that I want, would like to have the book signed by Maharaj and at that time he told Maharaj that I'm going for DT worship if you could quickly sign it and so when he was signing it he said this is very nice that you are engaging in service so always stay engaged in service and do it very nicely as he was signing it and then afterwards when I was finishing after finishing my service I came back the DT worship and other activities like the dressing of DTs again he said just stay engaged, never never walk out. So he, he his manner and amazing thing was his smiling. His smile and his simple ways were so attractive. He didn't have to do much. He would literally be having a direct conversation. You know, he would literally it would feel like a soul-to-soul conversation. Just wanted to share that it was so wonderful to hear. And he was an amazing uh, uh you know again not just as a Goswami, but an amazing son of Srila Prabhupada. I, I could feel that potency that when he would convey the message, he would be very straightforward. He would not cut corners. He would be direct in the point. And as we hear the four kind of people who surrender to Krishna, of them, as Krishna himself says, the jnani, you know, after proper you know, understanding comes to the shelter of Krishna. So he was one of those. In his book, he reveals that. So just wanted to share this interaction. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't we end with one more pastime from Yadunath Prabhu. He said he has hundreds. So give us one or two in the next three minutes. Uh, he's off now. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay, then Ramatirtha Prabhu. Oh. Uh, or Henry. Uh, Henry, Henry. Henry, you got one last one? You oh, can boy, Henry. Hi Krishna. Oh, Yadunath's there. Oh, Yadunath's you're there. back. You're back. Yadunath. If 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 Prabhu or or Henry has something, I would prefer to to hear from you both. But no, I, but they're they're both they're both uh, telling me that they have to hear from you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's unanimous. I, uh, thank you. I um, sorry. I, I just set up the other computer for a second, so I was away. Um, I don't know if I had hundreds, but I certainly had a, a few. Um, I, I, this is. Kind of something funny to end up on. Um, I uh, I met Guru Maharaj through um, 
his Abhaicharan project. So Dhanadhar Maharaj actually introduced us at a Ratha Yatra. And uh, I was brand new, a few months in. But uh, Maharaj, Dhanadhar Maharaj knew me as an actor. Um, so he introduced me to Bhakti Swami, who had just started the project. He said, this is Bhakti Joe, he's an actor. Maybe you can use him in, his, uh, in, your, in your series. And the Guru said, oh, wonderful. Let me take your name and number. He took down my information. And um, just like every other producer, director that I ever dealt with in New York City, I didn't hear back from him. <laughs> so, so, but actually, I didn't hear back from him uh, for a year. The next year, what I didn't realize was he was filming in India. Um, but he came to New York the following year. And that's when he contacted me. And I had very long hair at the time. So... I thought uh, I'd have a role as a hippie or something. So um, I ended up being cast as one of the first uh, boys that he ran into, one of the Mott Street boys. So um, we, uh, th this is, I'm going to tell you his first instruction to me. I don't know if any of you remember the first instruction you got from your spiritual master, but I remember mine. It's an interesting thing to think about. So um, and I'm, I'm trying to expedite this. But uh, in the scene, we were in a room in the Brooklyn Temple, and he said, okay, you're all getting high, right? Because we were hippies. So <laughs> you're getting high, and you're talking about having met this guru. Is he for real or not, right? So um, he said, um, Joe, do you, do you know how to roll a joint? And I said, um, well, as a matter of fact, uh, Maharaj, I do, yes. So, um, so he said, okay. Good. You'll you'll be you'll be rolling the joint as you do the dialogue. As you do the dialogue. So okay, fine. Okay, so let's rehearse. So in the rehearsal, I'm rolling the joint. We're doing the dialogue. He says, "Cut, cut the rehearsal." And he goes, "No, not like that." I said, "Excuse me, Maharaj, um, but don't roll the joint like that. You're smoking hashish. Do you know how to roll a hashish joint?" I said, "No." So he came and he showed me how to roll this this cone shaped. Uh, hashish joint <laughs> and um and then like this like this i mean he knew everything no matter what the area of expertise was um so then we did it and and that was the first instruction i got from him was how to smoke hashish now you should know that he never instructed me ever again in anything remotely connected that way <laughs> but uh, to search for the Prabhupada and to make it somewhat authentic um that's what he did well, thank you so much, Adonath, and thank you for all the devotees who uh, came today. So many wonderful devotees, I see their names on here. And so... Uh, thank you so much, Bajbihari Prabhu, to arrange these beautiful programs. And I would request if you can arrange one more, and uh, maybe you know, any time in the following week. But we, thank you so much, Prabhu. Thank you. And uh, his great Jiva Tatra Prabhu has put in the chat the uh, link to... Um, the uh, the, cer the final rites ceremony that should be just starting now. So uh, devotees wish to join that, please do so. And in the meantime, uh, all glories to His Holiness Bhakti Chiru Swami Maharaj Ki Jai. Jai.